0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
1: Hello, I'm Grongy McGuire, and this is Chantelle and pate Hello Take our hand and stroll down Memory Lane with us as we remember the, the
2: way, way they, they were.
1: Hi, Chantelle. Hi, Grania. How are
2: you? I'm good. I'm excited. You've hinted that it's been a big week for celebrity couples. Well, unless you've had your head under a rock, it has been a big week. It's been a massive week. Uh, there's, I mean, there's two. Okay, there's two big news stories. I think we'd be remiss. To not cover. The first one is obviously the big breakup of the week, which is.
3: Olivia SK and, and
2: Raven.
1: Harry. <laughs> <laughs> SK and Raven from Lover's Blind.
2: <laughs> SK and Raven and Luca, no, those aren't the big breakups. It's Olivia and Harry. Olivia and no. Harry, the salad dressing only, it obviously went off. <sighs> and they are apparently through, which. As I said on our Instagram, leaves the door wide open for old Pete to slide on in. So Pete Davidson, I think she's ready. I think it's her time. Because that's the other other big celebrities. We had the pictures of uh, Pete and Emily Ratajkowski. Have you seen these pictures? The video, I think, is actually what you need to watch. And... In terms of people claiming, I think Pete Davidson a lot gets told that his relationships aren't real and are PR. I've not really fully believed that until this one. If you watch the video, it is beyond damning evidence that this is not a real relationship. The camera is showing him being, you know, spooked by the paparazzi and having to drive away real fast and then meet up elsewhere. And she's literally waiting. It's as though someone says action. And then she starts walking towards the car. It's so set up. and It's beyond. You have to watch it. It's hilarious. I do not buy this relationship for a second I also find it extremely dull I think I said that last week I'm not into it but either way it's a big deal that photos are out of them that's other big news story and the other one the third one I suppose you could say is um my matron of life and your I think one of your favorites Julia Fox yeah who um recently came out you saw the news she said about why her reasons were for dating Kanye (laughs) no I saw a little video of her but Mm -hmm. I T- talk me through what did she say? In that video, she <laughs> you know how much I mean you and I are both big Julia Fox fans. We love we we are Julia Fox podcast big time. We oh I mean if, if there's one if if there's a dream guest for this podcast. Um in any case, on her video, she claims that the reason she was started dating Kanye was to get him off Kim's back, like to have him like stop harassing Kim. <laughs> Now, if you all recall, when Kim and Pete were dating, Kanye kind of, you know, was saying a lot of uh, unpleasant things to say about them mm. on Twitter. And Julia Fox is claiming that like a little angel, she came along and dated him to help Kim. Now, Julia, babes, I love you, but cut the bullshit.
1: <laughs> is- I love, I love her. She just looked in the mirror one day and
2: said, it's time. <laughs> It's time. I need it's to time. do this. I'll help. And she, said, and she said, well, you know, and of course, if anyone can help, it's me. Like, I'm going to do that. And I was like, y- he- you did this to help your career. And it worked. And I love you. And I also love that she's saying this because this is part of her career is saying shit like this. And so 100% here for it. Don't believe a word of it. Don't believe any of these things. Um, but very happy to report them all to you, Grania. That's the exciting celeb roundup.
1: Well, speaking of
2: beloved princesses.
1: Oh, indeed. We are going to be talking about one that has stayed in our hearts forever. This, I think, what I'm already calling iconic episode. It is a couple that we all think about, none of us have really moved on from. And what's appropriate is that we have comedy royalty on the podcast to talk about it. So, talking about just a legendary couple, we have... The legendary queen of comedy herself, Shazia Mirza. The way they were. Hi, Shazia. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our, our podcast, incredible comedian and comedy writer and all-around great person, Shazia Mirza. We're a very romantic podcast, me and Chantel. We love love. Are you, do you consider yourself a romantic
3: person? I consider myself a really hard-faced bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's what people think of me. I think that's how I come across, you know, if you're a female comedian, then and there's always somebody that's going to think you're a hard woman, strong woman, a feisty woman. You know, you're not kind of like a, a whimsical primary school teacher, are you? You are... A hard woman, you're such a brave woman doing stand-up, blah, 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 all those labels. But I think I can be um, a fantasist. I'm a very big fantasist. I dream a lot, I fantasise a lot. So if I meet a man and um, I feel that there's something there, which is very rare, and I could only have had one meeting with him, and it might have been a business meeting or a work meeting... I will fantasize about that (laughs) man all day, all night for months and months and and months, even though like maybe I haven't spoken to him again. But my God, I can really (laughs) fantasize about the things that might happen between us that could happen, all the possibilities. You spend an entire relationship over one meeting. Oh, yeah. 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 I I think growing up. And this is the problem. I know it's like a a girl's thing and a boy's thing that growing up, we dream of all the, you know, princesses, princess outfits, Barbie dolls. Um, You know, nowadays, girls look at Kate Middleton and think, oh, my God, I want to be a real-life princess. I think girls, n- despite feminism and modern feminism and <laughs> women's rights i mean fuck all of that really because the basic <laughs> thing is girls do fantasize about being a real life princess and it is to some degree always instilled in us even like when i see george clooney and amal yeah. and I, george was receiving an award and she gave a speech about his character and she said I was 35 when I met George. I thought all my options were closed. I never thought I would find the great love that I always dreamed would exist. And this is like a human rights lawyer, like I some know. high-line woman who's been to oxbridge she's well educated and this is how she was talking at this event in hollywood saying i was 35 and i never thought i would find the great love that i hoped would exist in the world and then i met george she said george started writing me letters pretending to be a dog <laughs> so he he wrote letters uh, as though he was his dog and and she said who couldn't love a dog? And I was thinking, my God, why is this always stories I hear about, but never that I experience? experience.
2: I'll never have a love like that. I know. I, totally I think what agree. annoys
3: me is when she says I never thought
1: I would find love yeah. and then 35 years old what you what you'd normally expect is I realized love was the guy who worked at my my corner shop or then I realized you know to settle down and be happy that the dentist replied to me on Facebook yeah. no,
2: and then I met George Clooney. George fucking Clooney yeah.
1: <laughs> well sadly George and Amal are still very much together, so we can't if have, we them, have on the them
2: podcast yet. If if they split up, we know who's coming back for a podcast <laughs> talk about them.
3: They, they said they said they've never had an argument in all the time they've been married.
2: Well, if you're married to a lawyer, it's probably for the best, to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't have an argument either. I'd probably just say she's
3: right. <laughs> Whose life is that? It's not my life. <laughs> they have
2: nothing to argue over. What are they going to argue over? The bills? Yeah. They have nothing to fight about. <laughs> Who's
3: better looking? Who is more successful? Who's more in love? How can some people just have everything and then some people just have nothing at all?
2: Well, maybe, maybe they both way a really bad breath. very...
1: Go on. Because <laughs> your couple had everything and then had nothing at all. Uh, but again, Chantel doesn't know the couple. Yes. And I, I think this... Usually I have to give lots of clues... This is going to be the shortest clue ever oh, for such, a couple. That's such And pressure, I'm convinced Grangio.
3: she'll suck. No, that's such you'll be fine. You'll be okay. fine. So what I can
1: tell you, this couple got together in the sunny year of 1980. The Rubik's Cube was invented. John Lennon dies, but Jessica Simpson is born. And it's also the year these two star-crossed lovers met each other okay you get one clue oh this this is so unfair this
3: is so okay the
2: one clue is there was three of them in this relationship oh god okay it's Diana and Charles okay that was very easy you're right you're right okay That was very easy. Sorry, thank God. I was getting so stressed out there, but of, yeah, that was very well done. Very well done. That is the only that's the only clue anyone needs. Yes. Here we have it. This is a big one. This is the Mount Etna of breakups. Right, you we better speed in. through this.
1: <laughs> Let's, Let's go. just say the research for this was oh, significant. Run, I, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, four hours in, and they had just got married. Oh, four gun, hours in. Yeah. So Shanty, why when we asked you to be on this podcast, why was this the split that you needed to to talk through?
3: Well, I was growing. I was a little girl. I was like growing up when Charles and I got together, and it was like a really hard time. It was like I was growing up in Birmingham. It was dark. It was grim. It was depressing. And I fancied like Jeremy Stringer at school who didn't fancy me back. And I just thought I was like, just really not that attractive young girl. And Charles and Di were a real fantasy. It was an absolute fantasy. and. You know, they were such characters in their own rights. Like, she was a young girl. She was very innocent, a bit chubby. And every, you have to understand that every Asian woman of my mother's generation thinks that she is Princess Diana. OK, she was like my mother. Married, uh, got engaged at 19, was a virgin. It was an arranged marriage to an older man. She grew to love him as all Asian women do, grow to love their husbands. But the husbands never really love them back. There's always someone in the background or someone in the foreground where they're going to, you know, have an affair with. And that's exactly what happened. And she could not make him love her. You know, she went into that marriage knowing she wasn't the only one. I mean... Yeah, it's been arranged because of class, because of background, because of suitability. Love was the last thing on that agenda. The truth is she loved Dr. Haznat Khan, the Pakistani heart surgeon. The mother didn't approve because, A, she was Christian. Two, she was divorced. And three, she was in the public eye. And Dr. Haznat Khan was a very private, private doctor. they couldn't make it work because he just didn't want to be a public figure and Mm -hmm. she all that way to Pakistan to meet his mum trying to win the mother over but as we all know Pakistani mothers are bitches I know (laughs) they are bitches they don't want anyone near their son but obviously Diana was a very flawed character she didn't want that in the family Not good enough for the English mother. Not good enough for the
1: Pakistani mother. Any mothers like Diana Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, there is a question. The listener is going to be screaming at their iPhones. What about their star signs? So, Diana, famously, Cancer. Charles, notoriously, Scorpio. Of course he was. Cancer, Scorpio. Shazia, what percentage... Does their astrological chart give of a match like this working out? What do you think?
3: I know that Scorpios are very difficult people. They can be very divisive. And Cancerians, famous Cancerians are like, they are family orientated. They are very much into love and romance and very stable, solid People who are very much into the family and commitment really want commitment. Mm.
1: So, what percentage? What do you think? I need a number.
3: A twenty percent, I'd say. Twenty
1: percent, Chantelle. I'm gonna
2: go high. I'm going to go I because I don't believe in the astrology side so I bet they got it totally wrong. So I'm going to say I'm going to say 75% Well, even so, number for you. According to the charts the, a relationship between a Cancer
1: Diana, Scorpio, Charles can mm-hmm. go from one extreme to the other and although Cancer Diana will try to stabilise it it might be too difficult if Scorpio, Charles doesn't have enough respect for their own emotions. When they find an emotional link they can go very deep in search of true love and unite on a level that is unreachable for other Zodiac signs. 79%.
2: Oh, so close. Was, I knew it. Yeah. There was potential. There was, there was potential. potential. And that's
1: so bittersweet about the whole Charles and Diana. When you do a deep dive, you just think, "Ugh, there are so many sliding doors moment. If things had just worked out slightly different, this fairy tale could have think, had a happy Do you think so? I'm convinced.
2: Really, that's interesting. I didn't. I've never heard anyone say that. I think it was so.
1: Anyway, we'll get there. Anyway, yeah, foreshadowing. Okay, so let's do a quick look at their emotional CV to figure out maybe where they are <laughs> headspace wise when they meet each other. So, Diana, she had a rough childhood. So her mum got married at a very young age. Uh oh, foreshadowing to right. her her dad. Then they do not get on. She starts having affairs. Then she leaves her Diana's dad, assuming I'm going to get custody. She doesn't get custody because oh, wow. of the British class system. Her husband is aristocracy. So he gets custody of the kids. This is never explained to Diana. So just when she's six, they get divorced and her mother's just gone out of the house. So it's a major like trauma Jeez, okay. wound. Her granny on her mother's side is a real social climber. She is best friends with the Queen Mother and she's so aware of sort of like preserving the family's reputation and she's Mm -hmm. so ashamed that her daughter left an earl that she Mm -hmm. takes the earl's side in the divorce and says, yeah, my daughter Mm -hmm. was a terrible mother.
2: Oh my God, gee
1: Louise. <laughs> so Diana's granny is a real piece of work. So she has older sisters, but she's the youngest daughter. And mm-hmm. she's at home while her older sisters are boarding school through the whole divorce. So she's like the real like, I'm daddy's favorite girl. I'm daddy's favorite girl. I'll mend broken, sad daddy. So that becomes, you know, from me, that's her rule. Then next big trauma in her life at the age of 15 her dad remarries to a woman her and her sisters hate they hate this woman and he knows they don't like her so he got married to her without telling any of his children and diana and her siblings read about their dad remarrying in the newspapers (laughs) at school
2: great stuff what a man what a guy that's bonkers (laughs) Oh I love it Read about it in the paper
1: as well <laughs> They read about the new stepmother in the papers Then her dad <laughs> And her new stepmother Throw this massive big ball at Althorp The family home And none of the children are invited
2: Gee, This is this is like fairy tale stuff With the evil stepmother This is literally like, a fairy, it's like Cinderella not going to the ball Bloody hell
1: Imagine poor little traumatised princess, well, little traumatised Diana Spencer. You know, her dad is married to an evil stepmother. Her mother has vanished. <laughs> she barely sees her. So, how does she cope with this situation? Well, she borrows a page out of Shauci's book. You do have more in common with Diana Spencer than maybe you thought. She fantasises. So, she sort of tells herself, Oh, really? It's fine because someday I'll be rescued when I get married to prince charles wow so from a very young age she's like none of this matters bitches because someday i'm going to get married to prince charles really? And you know that, that was they... always a thing she thought as a kid so she used to have a poster of him on, on the her
3: wall. wall in her bedroom her older sister sarah mccorkadale mm-hmm. used to go out with prince charles oh i knew that yeah but he dated prince her Paul first just... She And she was in love with Charles and wanted to marry Charles. So Diana is watching all of this, going, oh, my God, I wanted him. And my sister's got him. And and then Charles leaves the sister for Diana in a twist of fate. Well, 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 well
1: Shazia, we'll get to that in a minute. We will get to that in a minute. <laughs> Let's just leave Diana Spencer In her bedroom with a picture of Prince Charles on her wall. Dreaming of Chuck. And she was, another thing she was obsessed with was Dame Barbara Cartland books.
2: Oh God, of course she was. Geez, Diana.
3: Um, It was escapism from her really hard life. Yeah. So meanwhile, across town, Prince
1: Charles. Okay. So um, So basically, his mother's. queen his dad is like i'm gonna make sure that you never grow up foppy or indulged or spoiled so i'm gonna send you to a boarding school from a young age where you'll be bullied horrendously so he you know he wasn't very close to his mother because she was the queen and then his dad was a real like he's a real sort of he was a real simon cowell figure nothing oh, was ever okay. quite good enough for old prince philip But he still was the Prince of Wales. So he
2: was quite spoiled from a young age. Do you want to know how he lost his virginity? Oh, God. I mean, the fact that you've made me picture that alone is bad enough. Now I've got to hear how he actually did it. How did he do it? (laughs) So he lost his virginity at Cambridge when the chancellor
1: slipped a key to a researcher he fancied. So someone just gave him a key to the... Well, he broke into a girl's room? The girl broke into his room.
2: Oh, right. Someone gave the girl the key and she broke into his room and then just like attacked him on the bed and they went at it. Maybe he was into that? Was that his thing? Well, so his thing was he quite liked
1: older, confident, glamorous women because he was a little bit awkward and he was sure. a little bit like, oh, uh, uh, uh. so he quite liked these older, more assured women. Okay. And then his big influence romantically growing up was Lord Mountbatten. So he was like kind of like, a, you know, like all royal people are kind of related. So he's probably his
2: cousin slash uncle (laughs) slash
1: nephew. Who knows? Um, So he told him, his advice to Prince Charles was, you need to sow your wild oats. Okay. So Prince Charles really went for that. He took him at his word. So he, basically, because he's, he's, you know, he's the heir to the throne. So he had all these girls just sort of throwing themselves at him. And he was a terrible boyfriend. Like the worst. Why? Why? He'd expect girls to just wait around for him. He once got a detective to break up with a girlfriend by passing her a note at a polo match.
2: (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You can't even pass him a note? (laughs) Jesus, guy. Oh my God,
1: God. And so basically, if you were going for a weekend, let's say Prince Charles is like, hey, do you want to go to Balmoral with me for the weekend? Yeah. Best believe you would spend a lot of that weekend watching him fish. Great. He's,
2: he's not exactly a romancer is what we're saying. Just no. like his suit goes off their feet.
1: Yeah. During his wild party days, he did meet a certain young lady. We may come
2: back to Camilla Park Bowles. Right. Yes, I think we will come back to her. Yeah.
1: So her first words to him were it was at a polo match and she went up to him and said,
2: that's a fine animal you have there good line no, okay. not sure what it means but I mean it, well, it's, it's, I guess I guess if you're at a polo match the horses are a bit like American guys with muscle cars she definitely was the strong confident
3: woman oh he, 100%
2: yeah. yeah oh yeah Shazia what
1: about the, the posh English boy type do you like posh boys
3: no, they've always been frightened of me I'm too different I, I'm, and, they've, and they're frightened of that I'm, I'm, I'm the unknown I'm at university, it was all white, posh boys, but they were very scared of me and they didn't know how to talk to me or react to me. A lot of them had never kind of met a brown woman or a Muslim woman in their life before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I did, you know, I turned up at university and they, they just don't know what to do, really. A lot of them had their own problems, which I couldn't understand. Like they did have their, like a lot of them had been to boarding school or private school and they resented their parents for sending them away for such long periods of time. Yeah. And- not giving them the attention and love they felt they needed or deserved. And then I, I knew this boy at university who'd only see his parents at half term or end of term when they would go skiing together. Their lives with their parents revolved around ski holidays or summer holidays or things that I just could not relate to at all. That certainly
2: breeds a healthy relationship, doesn't it? (laughs) Only seeing your parents once a year. That doesn't cause any long-lasting problems or trauma at all. Of course not.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality
1: So things are about to get very complicated for Charles because Mountbatten has been saying so your wild oats you know go crazy sleep around but what he was really hoping for is to keep him single long enough so Charles could get married to Lord Mountbatten's granddaughter. So he set this all up then I think Charles Charles actually proposes to her but because she knows sort of the situation she knows how tough being a member of the royal family would be and she also knows Prince Charles is in love with Camilla Parker Bowles, so she says no. She is smart, so yeah. Charles carries on. He's about to hit thirty. He's still single. He's mm-hmm. becoming sort of a bit of a tabloid joke about all these different women that are associated with him, and the royal family think, "Oh no, we've got another Duke of Windsor on our hands." That he's, you know, the heir to the crown. He's in love with a married woman. He's still like. The fact that Camilla's got married hasn't really changed the relationship at all. Like, there is a, a big ball that Camilla was at with her husband. Charles was there. And him and Camilla and Charles were just dirty dancing
2: and, like, kissing on the dance oh floor. God, just imagining Charles's idea of dirty dancing <laughs> is... Just, that, that's worse than the virginity <laughs> story. That's horrible.
1: So they're like, right, he needs to get married quick and she needs to be aristocrat and
2: a virgin is that the thing there have to be a vir- god, this whole thing is so fucked god alright go on <laughs> this family is just absolutely insane
1: go on so as Shazia mentioned there is a, already a history between the Spencers and the Windsors Diana's older sister Sarah had dated Charles how do we think Charles and Diana met each other for the first time how do we think they met each other Chazia who, how, what do you think was the situation when they met each other for the first time
3: for the very first time, um, it was probably arranged, I think. I think it would have been really kind of private or somewhere.
1: Okay, so you think it's sort of a private maybe house party? Chantel, how do you think they met they met each
2: other for the first time? I think when he came to pick up the sister for her date <laughs> he met he met he met Diana. I was like, Oh, if this doesn't work out, you'll do <laughs> and that well, was the end of that. Well, I can tell you're both wrong. Oh because sure. Althorpe where Diana lived
1: and Sandringham where Prince Charles sort of it was one of their houses were right next door to each other so they're basically boy and girl next door god the convenient. first time Charles met Diana she was a toddler and she was playing hide and go seek with Prince Andrew
2: oh that's really oh. weird <laughs> oh my and god and he was
1: like a teenager and he was like oh are you having fun i don't
2: think and- i'd ever want to have sex with someone who knew me when i was a toddler <laughs> I think that's a good rule for life.
1: And here's another interesting thing I didn't know. Originally, the plan was Diana would was supposed to be set up so she would marry Andrew. Prince Andrew.
2: Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, my God. They really want to keep it in the family. So why do they want the aunts to be sisters? That's, so they want him to have Diana's sister. It's so weird. Oh, the royal family is so silly. It's all arranged. I know. It's so gross. It's so gross. (laughs) Well,
1: so that was the first time he met her. But then, obviously, he met her again as an adult when he came to Althorpe to go shooting with Sarah, Diana's Mm -hmm. older sister. And he described, seeing Diana, you know, now that she's a teenager, uh, Charles described her as jolly and bouncy.
2: Okay great. That's okay. the job going to Hallmark if you need it, Charles. Charlie and Bouncy. He's like a regular Shakespeare. Charlie and Bouncy. Uh, so she was 16, he was 28. And then he asked
1: the 16-year-old, Diana Spencer, to show him the pictures at Althorpe. And Sarah, Diana's older sister, got really annoyed and told Diana to get lost. Oh, okay, she's getting jealous. Alright, how old's the sister? She was old, um, Diana. Yeah, she was older. I I don't, I don't, she was like, I think in her like early
2: 20s. Oh, so more of like an appropriate age. That would have made a lot more sense. So she
1: was dating Charles, but then she made the big mistake of speaking to the press, which if you're, just in case anybody's listening, if you do end up dating a member of the, the British royal family, you're never supposed to speak to the press ever. So she said to a journalist, this is Sarah, Diana's older sister, that she wouldn't marry Charles if he were the dustman or the king of England. And Charles dumped her after that. Yeah, no,
2: that's one way to not get a ring. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty pretty easy work there. Well done, Sarah. But <laughs> she Diana, she's in the orbit. She's in,
1: she's in the atmosphere. She's in the background. And everybody's a little bit surprised when she gets invited to... Prince Charles' thirtieth birthday party, so little Diana's there. She's like a teenager. She's come from like quite a cloistered background. She's she hasn't even lived in London at this stage, and she's just like, "Oh my god, oh all these fancy people!" And there's like, who she? Like her idol, like her her Tom Cruise there on the on the dance floor. This she is so is,
2: Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise. It really yeah, is
1: very very, and she is at this stage just telling all her friends. I'm not getting a job because I'm absolutely getting married to Prince Charles. No, well, she was in- right.
2: <laughs> I mean, in her defence, she was 100% correct. She knew the secret. Before the secret was written. Yeah, she
3: knew. Visualise. Visualise. Do What you had to do. Look, you've got to make yourself available. You've got mm-hmm. to there uh, for when he needs you, wants you, and he's available himself. So she just didn't get a job. So what
1: she used to do was she used to... Because she'd moved to London at this stage. At night time, she used to get her... You know, she'd be driving around with her friends at night. And she'd be like, let's drive around Buckingham
2: Palace. (laughs) Oh, driving past your boyfriend's house. We've all done it. We've all done it. Who amongst us?
1: (laughs) So remember, at this stage... Charles's family are like, you need to get married. We know you're in love with Camilla Parker Bowles. It's getting... Get over it. Yeah. You know, it's becoming too obvious. You're over it. It's 30. Yeah, do something. We need to do something about this. So suddenly Diana is getting invited to more things. Because remember, her very ambitious granny is best friends with Prince Charles's grandmother Sure. So they're cooking something up. So she goes to see him play polo. Afterwards, she sat on his lap at the barbecue afterwards and said... I have no fillings in my teeth and no O-levels. Do you think that matters?
3: Oh my <laughs> it's, gosh!
2: It's such a great way to get a guy. I mean, those are two positive things for him.
3: I have no ambition and my teeth are good. They made such a big thing about her kind of being a nursery nurse and having no O-levels mm. um, and being a bit podgy and being shy die, and kind of making her out to be like this vulnerable woman who this prince was going to come and sweep off her feet and look after. And sort of save. Yeah, she was going to to be looked after. She needed looking after.
1: Yeah. Well, she was smart because I think, like a lot of men, she realised the real way into their heart was indulging them and making them feel really sorry for themselves. Because around the time she was wooing him, Lord Mountbatten, previously mentioned, his sort of influential fairy godfather, Died. He was uh, killed in an IRA attack in uh, Galway. Sorry, guys. Uh, he's
3: killed. <laughs> Whoops.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she saw him afterwards and she went up mm-hmm. to him and said, You look so sad when you walked up the aisle at Mountbatten's funeral. My heart bled for you. You're so lonely. You should be with somebody that looks after you. Uh, music to it. a man's
2: ears. Yeah, they that love that. Was it nothing better you can say perfect
3: okay
1: so do you think he was like oh you're right it is really hard being heir to the
3: throne it's really hard being <laughs> prince prince Wells, it's really Actually, tough life. <laughs> he didn't want a woman that was going to be hard work no but that's what she became. Exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> but
2: really hard
1: work. In this stage, she was so smart. So remember, she was like, oh my God, it's so, it must be so hard being Prince Prince Wales, you poor thing. Then she goes and visits his family at Balmoral. Oh, and well spends done, the Diana. whole time being like, I love hunting. I love shooting. Oh my god, I love fishing. Oh this is it's not so like a, I love a teenage the thing to do, just pretend.
2: It's yeah. so that's so typical eighteen year old. I love Star Wars, it's my favorite film of all time. It's basically the same thing. <laughs>
1: So she was like completely just like, oh yeah, this is so brilliant. And they were all like, oh my God, she's amazing. Charles, she's amazing. She's so sweet. She's like only 19. She's a virgin. She's girl next door. And she loves the Perfect. country life. Okay, this is, again, there's so much, there is so much. Basically, the, the tabloids started finding out about her. And it got to the stage where his family was like, you need to either propose to this girl or move on. Because okay. it has become like this big issue. So yeah. what does he do? He goes off to India on a royal trip, doesn't talk to her.
2: Goes okay, to her. thinking, so classic boy move, I'll just not call her for a while, she'll get the hint.
1: Yeah, he goes to India, yeah. doesn't contact her. So then he comes back from India. Where does he head? Camilla's house. Oh, Jesus. goes to Camilla's house. again. Still hasn't contacted Diana. She's raging. She's furious. She's like, well, "What is going on?" He goes to Camilla's house and is like, "What should I do?" Everybody's saying, "I have to get married." So the tabloids are all saying, You're, "This is the person who he's getting married to." You know, this is crunch time. He ignores her all over Christmas and New Year's. Then he goes skiing. Then he gets back from skiing, rings her up, invites her into Windsor,
2: and proposes. So they haven't even really been dating. He just They've just been talking a couple of times and Basically, now they're they, engaged. You
1: know, it's like a year and a half. They've seen each other about 12 times in a year and a half. Oh my All God, the time, so other up. people are there. Yeah. And now they're getting married.
3: In the royal family, like in any Asian family, they're not really allowed to date. He wasn't allowed to do that. He had to just find a woman and... Propose to her and and either marry this woman or find someone else to marry. It's such a sad, it's a sad situation for him because it's not a natural path. No, not at all. So So go on, they're engaged. She's 19, he's like
2: 80. (laughs) So they they
1: give this big um, sort of like a formal interview with the press where he infamously says, yes, we're in love. What does he follow that with? Say it with me. Oh, yes. Whatever, Whatever that means. Whatever lo- that means. So apparently yeah. she, Diana said that she was like, ha, ha, ha. But inside she was like, huh? That is an iconic
2: interview that it's horrible.
1: <sighs> so they're getting married and then he goes on a tour of Australia. So they barely met each other, spent any time together. They get engaged. He goes on a tour of Australia. Oh Just before they go on the tour of Australia, Diana is like, oh, hang on. It's really obvious you're in love with camilla parker Bowles. oh no and i'll do it very quickly because again if you need more information there's a tv show called the crown basically she gets a letter she moves into clarence house while this is all happening she arrives into her room there's a letter waiting for her from camilla parker (gasps) saying, oh hey congratulations really excited let's go for dinner And she's like, how do you know? How do you know all this? Then she finds this bracelet, this really expensive bracelet for Camilla that Charles has got her as a present. No. Then she overhears a phone call Charles has with Camilla where he's like, basically, don't worry. You'll always be the love of my life. Oh my, I didn't know any of that. I didn't watch the crown. And then she's like, okay. And then he's like, okay, bye. I'm off to... I'm off to Australia you deal with suddenly being the most famous person in the world oh Later. my goodness so then they get married they go on a honeymoon it is the honeymoon from hell I cannot emphasize how disastrous this honeymoon is first of all Prince Charles describes their first night together as nothing special oh my god photos of Camilla fall out of his diary He's wearing cufflinks that she gave him as a present. He brings a basic library of books with him on the honeymoon. On a honeymoon? He brings books with him on the honeymoon. And he thinks over dinner that they can discuss the books that he's reading. (laughs) And they're the most boring books in the world. This is ludicrous. Diana is losing her mind to boredom. So she's like every evening just going downstairs to hang out with... The, like staff. the staff and the, there's like the, uh, the Navy are there because oh of course God. the Navy come on, on honeymoon with you and she's just hanging around with them in the evening because she's just so bored. Oh, this she's is so, so depressing. Bored. Oh my God. Then when the, they go finish the cruise, they head back to Balmoral. Remember where she was like, oh, I love hunting. I love like hanging out in the rain yeah. on the Scottish <laughs> moor, except now she's married. She's like,
2: oh, surprise. I hate the countryside. <laughs> like absolutely god this is it's awful so fun. god they didn't have any happiness at all these two ever so she's
1: stuck in Balmoral with like the most boring dinner parties in the whole world where everybody's like 20 years older than her and she, she's not allowed she tries to sneak downstairs to talk to the staff and then she gets in trouble she's told she's not allowed oh
2: my god she's still 19 I think she's about 20 now Oh, this is so bleak. Jesus. How do they have kids? Like, how do they even, how do these two ever, like, have sex to have kids? I don't see how these two had any, was there any, oh, this is awful. So, Chazia, do you think, do you think she just fell in love with the idea of Prince
1: Charles? And then when they got married, she was like, oh, oh, hang on a sec.
3: I think she had such an awful life before Charles. Growing up, she had an awful childhood, never really loved by her mother, never really loved by her father. And she thought that it would be better than the life she lived before. Mm. She never imagined that it would be worse. (laughs) You wouldn't. A lot of women relate to Diana and her tragedy and her love. Mm. There's so many things that Diana was that any woman could relate to. Totally. bulimic, depressed, divorced, you know, unsupported, unloved. Bad mother-in-law. Oh, my. uh, uh, Trying to be a great mother, loving her kids, but in an unhappy marriage, you know, trying to do good in the world, but really inside crumbling herself. Like there were so many aspects to Diana that any woman of any race, class, gender background can relate to and the struggle that she and the tragic ends, that whole thing about diana is that it is a princess fairy story in the best and the worst way yeah yeah
1: do you have were you ever like really attracted somebody and then you have this fancy of them and then when you speak to them in real or like when you get to know them a little better you're like
3: oh no you're not who i thought you were they're always disappointed. When you have a fantasy, it's always disappointing. <laughs> the fantasy is just the best bits of everybody and how you imagine it to be or you want it to be. But we know the reality is never. It's not like that. So Diana had this fantasy, Charles on her bedroom wall. She's going to marry this prince. She's going to live in mm-hmm. this. He's going to be older than her and look after her and love her and give her the love that her father never gave her. Her mother never gave her. And it was the opposite. It was so disappointing.
2: Yeah, the fantasy never. This is what happens, Grania, in a little show you may have heard of called "Love Is Blind." They can never live up to the fantasy. I'm just saying. Never lo- <laughs>
1: it they always fell comes in love. back. Charles and Diana fell in love in the pod, and then... pretty much <laughs> they couldn't make it in the real world. <laughs> so basically, what happened very soon after? You know, the honeymoon literally isn't over. And they hate each other. Like, they are not getting on at all. Bloody hell, Apart, these two. Would not, uh, w- uh, Charles spent five hours ranting to a servant about how annoying Diana
3: was. <laughs> five
1: wow. Hours I five
3: hours. what I wonder is, do you think they had even had sex at this point?
1: That's what I was wondering, Chaz, Exactly. What? So he liked these, like, confident women who could take control. Yeah. And then, of course, like, like an idiot, he was like, well, I need to marry... A 19 year old And if your sexual type is strong women Like Camilla Parker Bowles You're not going to get that from a 19 year old From Norfolk (laughs) Who's a
3: virgin Who's a virgin, exactly Oh my god She would have wanted him, being the older man She would have wanted him to take control And him being the nervous Repressed English man that he is Probably didn't know how to do that
2: Mm -hmm. No way. They don't teach you that in bloody boarding school. Well, guess what, guys? Things are about to get
1: worse because (laughs) they're already, they're not going on, getting on. Things are a little bit rocky, but a whole other problem is going to enter this tumultuous relationship. She gets pregnant relatively, well, early on in uh, their marriage. She's 20 when she gives birth to William. 20. Yes, she was really young. She was twenty. They somehow, was 20. I don't think they had
2: sex. I think a turkey baster was used. I don't buy it. I don't buy that he ever actually was inside of her. I'm just saying. Go on.
1: <laughs> so they do their first big official royal tour. They head to Australia. They bring oh. little William with them because Diana is like, I want my, I don't want my children to basically to end up like the Windsors. So I want to yeah. make sure you know that we, you know, are as close as possible. So remember. Prince Charles has spent his whole life basically in the shadow of his mother and it's like, oh, well, watch out. I'm going to be king someday and I'm going to be amazing at it. Then this little doe-eyed, fragile little creature is going to be his wife. She's going to, he's going to be like the star of that relationship. They go on the tour of Australia. Uh Uh-oh. What happens? Turns out, Princess Diana is naturally brilliant at it in ways that Charles finds so hard. She finds all of it really, really easy. So... Not only now is she annoying, she's also effortlessly good at the thing that has defined his whole identity and that he feels most vulnerable about.
2: So basically she's really popular.
1: She's really popular. She you, what would you, do you think you could ever date somebody who was like, oh, I think I want to do stand-up and then you're like, oh yeah, cool, go for it and then does an open mic and he's like John Mulaney.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think there is always going to be a bit of jealousy when you start competing with your partner. You're not meant to be your partner. And that's what happened with Charles and Dye. He started to compete with her when he saw her popularity, people liking her, admiring her, fancying her, admiring her beauty. He didn't like that. If you love you're meant somebody, to like that. If you love you're someone, you're meant, meant to like them being liked. I'm not meant to admire it and go, oh my god, that's my wife. God, people yeah. like her. wow, my wife's popular. But he saw it as competition. I think that's just that he didn't like her.
1: Yeah. yeah. So in Australia, Harry is conceived. So she gives birth to second child, people's prince Harry. We she- usually pick this moment for when the couple is at the height of their love and romance but it's really tricky to pick a moment like that for Charles and Diana but let's just say prince harry's just been born you get a phone call it's not just phone call it's time machine you are there in 1984 whenever prince harry was born i can't remember it's Charles and Diana they want to invite you for a night out on the town what do you imagine a night out with Charles and Diana being like Talk us through it.
3: A, a night out with Charles and Diana on the town. Yeah. <laughs> so... I cannot imagine where he would take this woman uh, <laughs> show her a good time. Oh, my gosh. See, Diana would, I imagine Diana would have loved to have gone down the gay clubs. Diana Mm. loved a bit of heaven, a bit of the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, you know, a bit of Soho, dancing, hanging out with the gay. She was a gay icon. I reckon she would have loved that. Dressed up to the nines, dancing, I will survive, all this getting a bit drunk and rowdy. And I reckon Charles would have hated that. I think Charles would have loved to have just gone back, put in, put his slippers on, put his feet up and kind of watched a documentary um, yeah. w- with Diana at home. But obviously being such a large age gap, a generational difference, a background difference, a kind of... Mm. You know, different people. I can't even... I reckon it was just clash, clash, clash right from the beginning.
1: What do you imagine? Let's say you're, you're with, in J.R.Y. You're with Diana. Do you think she'd be, like, giving girls compliments in the toilets?
3: Do you think she... <laughs> what I, you, I reckon Diana would have been in the toilets telling everybody what a crap shag her husband was. <laughs> yeah, How she died to just have some good, good sex with somebody really hot. How she was bored sexually. Um, She was married to a boring old fart. Fuck me. Get me out of here, girls. What should I do? How do I escape? I reckon she would just be telling everybody everything. Yeah. getting graphic with the sex. I imagine she would be, you know, like a
1: girl in a gay club who still manages to pull. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I
1: imagine with some like real muscle guy. She (laughs) liked her rugby players. She liked her rugby players. Very true. We know that. Well, so now, and I will, we will have to get to the montage stage of this episode because this is an epic couple. So basically after Prince Harry's, uh, Prince Harry's born, whatever thread they had holding this marriage together starts to splinter very, very quickly. Oh right, it's gone. It's, It's ending. So we now begin I would think of this what we call like Princess Diana's sexual walkabout. So okay. remember, during all this time, Prince Charles is with Camilla. So she begins her walkabout. So and again, I just love the drama of all this. And I'll, I'll just give you the highlights. So she starts an affair with her bodyguard, mm. which leads to his dismissal. Then in 1987, he's killed in a motorbike accident. Oh, she is, is he? Devastated. And she says, I was only happy when he was around. His death was the biggest blow of my life. Then she says, I think he was bumped off. But there we are.
2: <laughs> yes, Diana, speaking the truth to power.
1: That's right. <laughs> then she moves on to james Hewish. she's with him from 86 to 92 and i love this story so she gets to she really fancies him and she keeps she's saying to me yeah we're gonna run away together we're definitely gonna run away together i just want to be like an army wife then he gets transferred to germany she is furious she's like "I'm, i'm just gonna ring somebody i'll just ring somebody and he was like don't it'll be really embarrassing please don't so he goes to germany she loses interest completely she's like yeah whatever She says he was as interesting as a knitting pattern done by.
2: But yeah, okay.
1: Then there's talk of him going to be transferred and heading off to the Gulf War. Suddenly she's mega interested in him again. She loves (laughs) the whole glamour of having a boyfriend on the front. So she starts writing him letters twice a day. Starts sending him Playboy and filling whiskey (gasps) into shampoo bottles and sending it over to him. Oh my she's, god! She's suddenly really into the news. She's staying up all night watching the news because she's like, my boyfriend's involved in this. My boyfriend's. Oh in the my Gulf god! War. Then he, it's over, and he starts sort of bragging to his friends that he's shagging Princess Diana. She hears about
2: it, ghosts him. This is so high school. I love Gone. it.
1: Gone. That's them over. Then she starts seeing James Gilby, who is sort of a childhood friend. Oh he's yeah, he's heir to this a gin one. fortune. Basically, all. Diana's boyfriends, I think. Remember who Charlotte dated
2: in Sex and the City? Yeah, it's very Trey, D- Trey McDougal vibes, big time, she, yeah. She
1: likes her Trey McDougals. And then I'm going to just mention Oliver Hoare. Just, again. Great just, name. This is just the montage stage. So some highlights of her time with Oliver Hoare. He was once found by a policeman hiding behind a potted tree, smoking a cigar after the fire alarm sounded at Kensington Palace where Princess Diana had her apartment. (laughs) On another occasion, he was seen entering Kensington Palace via the boot of Diana's car.
2: I love it!
1: (laughs) And then the affair came to an end uh, because he wouldn't leave his wife. And Diana became so obsessed with him, she started ringing his house 300 times a night.
2: Oh my God! She is not aged beyond, like, age 15. In terms of rom- in terms of romance, Jeez Louise, all this sneaking around, boyfriends in car boots, and climbing up trees to get into her window. This really is again. This is still all childhood fantasy crap. So
1: around this time, it's getting into the press. The the Windsors, they aren't getting on. Then there's the whole leaked sex tapes. Prince Charles has his leaked sex tape. She has mm. her leaked. Jazzy, do you remember this when this was all in the news?
3: It was phone calls of Diana talking to oh sorry of Charles talking to Camilla talking about what they would like to do to each other. What is it? It's kind of squishing campaxes into each other and mm. and then Camilla saying to Charles, you know, that's what love is.
1: <laughs> well I re- apparently in it he was talking about some speech that he gave
2: and Camilla mm-hmm. was like oh you must send me a copy of the speech. I'd love to read it. Oh my, have you read the transcripts of it? It's incredible. That whole, the whole phone call. They don't talk about putting tampons inside each other. He says he wants to be her tampon. Oh, to be that tampon. And they both giggle. This it's, is the level of his sex talk.
3: It's well, so fucking horrible. How could he ever show his face again in public? I know. No, The whole world had heard him say that he wanted to be her tampons. <laughs> I mean... So- it was just It was just so outrageous, it outrageous. outrageous. It was um, outrageous. They're both still married.
2: But if you read it, it's that there is an element of kind of romance. I have to say to it because they're both so madly in love with each other. There's this endless, oh, I'm, it's so painful without you. It's so dreadful without you. I can't. I can, both of them keep saying, "I can't bear this. I can't bear this. It's, just, it's unbearable being away from you." So there is this kind of. Long lost love element to it that sort of can't be ignored. As gross as it is that they're both cheating all the time, there yeah. is, I have to say, part of me It's kind. Of, this is kind of like they were deeply, deeply, madly in love with each other.
1: But I mean, and when obviously, you're in love, it makes
2: you do crazy things. I mean, at
1: this time, Diana wasn't exactly celibate, and Camilla's husband, Tom Parker Bowles, was an absolute shagger. Like he real cad. He he was a real bounder. He'd a real eye yeah. for the ladies. So it was around this time, it just was constantly, you know, in the news about, you know, the, the state of the Wales' marriage. And then I just love this this detail. So apparently, so Diana, she was really paranoid about what the, the palace would do. So she was trying to think what leverage she had, you know, to make sure that you know, that she could regain some sort of control in her life. And she always had a really good relationship with the tabloids and journalists. So she started Mm -hmm. doing all these interviews with a journalist to get her story out. So it was called Diana, her, Her True Story. So it was serialized in the Sunday Times. So apparently at Highgrove, where Prince Charles and Diana were living, and they had house guests, one morning they just come down, you know, they've got friends over. And there in the Sunday Times is Diana, in her own words... All the dirt being like, Prince Charles is a terrible husband. I tried to kill myself. I've got an eating disorder. All the family are out to get me. Prince Charles says nothing. None of the guests say anything. Diana's like, "Um, I think I'm going to have my breakfast up in my bedroom. Actually. Oh my God, this is amazing. Can <laughs> <She> you imagine? <laughs> goes, she goes upstairs and the rest of the guests are like, they don't know what to do. Prince Charles acts like nothing has happened. Just takes them the walk of the garden. Then this they leave. Stuff. Then Prince Charles goes up and says, oh, Diana, I think we need to have a chat. <laughs> and then <laughs> Diana heads back to London. Jesus Christ. And, they're still, and they just remain married through all this. Well, so that happened in 92. Around this time, they're doing all these world tours. It's really awkward. At one of these, Prince Charles goes to kiss Diana on the cheek and she moves her head and then yeah. he gets her ear instead. So she's yeah. just trolling him at this stage. So in ninety-two, John Major announces in the House of Commons that the Waleses are going to separate. Ninety-five, panorama, Diana dishes the dirt on what's been really going on in the relationship. You may have heard of it. 96, they officially divorce. It's over.
2: They're married for a longer time than I realized. Yeah. Sixteen long bloody years of this. Jesus Christ. So Shazia. Yeah. This is a difficult
1: one. You're going to have to make a call in the great splish of Prince Charles and Princess Diana. And taking into consideration, you know, their legacy, how people view them, who thrived, who simply survived. (laughs) And we don't mean, we mean, we don't mean literally survived because obviously Princess Diana is no
3: longer with us. As in, who do you you think won the splish? Uh, Charles definitely because he got what he wanted you know he went on to marry the woman he had always loved you know we when and when Diana died we thought this was never going to be possible he went on to marry the woman he had always loved he's managed to have a life with her she's kind of been accepted into the fold She's never really had any a lot of hatred thrown at her from the press not a lot look when you think about the hatred that Megan gets Camilla has never had that hatred from the so press. So true. She has been invited into the fold. She's at every wedding. She's at every funeral. She's by Charles' side. And he has become king and she's now queen consort. I mean, yeah. she he got what he wanted and she got what he wanted. And Diana is dead. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Diana is dead. Sorry. Her mm. legacy may be stronger, but
2: I think I'm with... Ch- I think you're right. You can't deny... Charles won, basically. As sad as that is, Charles won.
3: But that's the story of every man. The man always gets... Ooh. It's true. He always gets what he wants. Rich white
1: men
2: do well. What do you think, Grania? Who do you think won?
1: I just, I love Princess Diana so much. I can't, I have to believe that she won. And I don't know how, and I don't know when. But I feel ultimately, if nothing else, I just hope she haunts
2: haunt Buckingham Palace. I'll say this. I'll say once they're all dead, once they all kick the bucket, I think, yeah, Diana's legacy is definitely always going to be stronger and more positive. Charles hasn't had much of an impact as a royal, aside from being, aside from this scandal, to be honest. I don't think he is going to have much of an impact. And St. Camilla is a bit of an unknown, to be honest, to most people. So, give it 100 years and i think diana is one of the biggest impact in legacy but we're not talking about legacy we're saying who won here and i think yes undeniable charles won
1: mm-hmm. for
2: now for now for now
1: so Shazia, we've got one more important question before we do to we do, do. Shazia. Shazia. To the
2: night We have one more question for you. Someone who is still alive and still with us and will be alive probably to see how their legacies turn out. She will outlive all of us, but she's unbelievably single. So can you, Shazia, find someone who you think is good enough for? The one, the only,
3: Cher. Is she single? Cher. She's single. She's incredible, Cher. I can't believe that she's single. Neither can we. I think if Paul McCartney wasn't married, I think Cher and Paul McCartney would be really good for each other.
1: Oh, that's a fun one. So while we be, believe anybody would step aside to allow Cher to find true love. So whoever Paul McCartney, I cannot remember the woman's name. Can I it... <laughs> Well, which speaks volumes,
3: doesn't it? Indeed,
2: exactly. We, so we Cher- can
3: remember the second woman's name though, can't we? The one with the one leg. Heather yeah well she's a whole episode
1: she's, she's a
2: whole episode literally <laughs> so
1: Paul and Cher I like Paul
2: that. and Cher
3: Cher yeah. McCartney they making could beautiful share, music they could share hair dye exactly I think they both have really good values they both look really good for their age they're still yeah. creating stuff I think that they'd be really good together Really good like like energy match yeah
1: Paul likes a drink Paul oh, likes a drink.
2: I think you know him and sure could be in the bar together. White wine and some whiskey. I'm into it. It's a great choice, Shazia. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. I like it. You've you've solved Shere's uh, love life di- dilemma. Love life. <laughs> uh, Shazia, where can, Thank you so
1: much for picking such an having the guts to pick such an iconic couple. Well, because... you say thank you,
3: but
2: it sounds like it was a nightmare to research. <laughs> <laughs> where can our listeners find more
3: of you, Shazia? Uh, more of me, what part of me do they want to <laughs> oh i 'm everything everywhere all at once I'm, i th- what, what do they want stand up they want stand up they can come and see me on tour. I gig all the time they want to find my writing it 's all online. They want to see me on TV. I'm on TV. Just <laughs> turn it on, baby,
2: and she's there. Find a screen, she's on it. Find a stage, she's entering. <laughs> turn your phone on. Shazia is there. Deal she's with She's calling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, anywhere. Open anywhere. your letterbox. You'll see Shazia. <laughs> i have got a. I've got a film coming out. I've got a bit of TV coming out. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You've got everywhere. What film are you in? I'm in a Sky Short, uh, <gasps> which is actually about men's mental health. And I play the boss, who is an absolute bitch. And I love playing her. <laughs> I'm basically, um, I'm, I'm like Joan Collins in Dinner Street. That's oh, right. and, fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's coming out, I think, January or February, actually. Oh, yeah, excellent. A new year treats. It
1: yeah, was a pleasure to have Comedy Royalty here to talk about...
2: Thank you. Actual royalty. Actual royalty. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shazia. Thank you. Bye. The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your
1: celebrity couple crush. So email us on thewaytheywerepod
2: at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks to you for listening
1: until the next time
2: goodbye goodbye the The way way they were. were